This is Guest List. I'm Kevin Coffey, music critic for the Omaha World Herald. Welcome to the fifth episode of Guest List, which features my conversation with country singer Whitey Morgan, who just released Hard Times and White Lines. He's back out on the road again, like he always is, and selling out places across the country. But first, I want to talk about a few other things. The first is the Grammy Awards. Those happened last Sunday, and of course, as I always do, I watched the entire thing, and I have some thoughts. Um... Overall, I actually I thought the Grammy Award ceremony was pretty good. Of course, they only announced like, you know, eight awards or something like that. But, you know, the thing is always designed to do cool performances. And I actually thought it was overall pretty solid, despite the fact that it was super, super long. Uh, I really enjoyed the opening speeches from Alicia Keys, Lady Gaga, Michelle Obama, Jada Pinkett-Smith, and Jennifer Lopez. Um all about how women were poorly represented in the Grammys in the past and actually were very well represented this year, both in the performances and who was nominated and who won the awards. So it was just really cool. I loved how Alicia Keys says, said, tonight we celebrate the greatness in each other and all of us through music. And it's just kind of a really great way to set off the night. The next thing I loved was her. Uh, a lot of people didn't know her and I actually heard from a lot of people who really only got into her after having watched her performance at the Grammys. She took home a few awards. She sounded amazing. The choir and the musicians that came up with her also just added to the awesomeness. It was super cool. Uh, I enjoyed how Drake stepped up to take his award for best rap song and then basically said, like, don't worry about winning a Grammy. Everybody who's nominated for this award is badass, and you shouldn't worry so much about it. Uh, I was really not expecting this to be so cool, but I really loved when Dua Lipa and St. Vincent combined their songs they did a mashup of Mass Seduction and One Kiss, which didn't seem like it was something that would even work, but it sounded so cool. Um, I, one of my favorite parts about the show actually was Alicia Keys. That's the best Grammy host I can remember them having. Uh, you know, no offense to like James Corden and LL Cool J, but she just had the right kind of like fun and funny and warm vibe. She had a connection to the music. She knows everybody. Like, she was everything a host needed to be, and it was amazing. And last, my favorite, favorite, favorite performance was Brandi Carlisle singing The Joke. She really leaned into that song, and it was just the best show of pure talent at the entire ceremony. She can sing. She can write, obviously. Uh, she can play guitar. Her whole band was on fire. It was amazing and absolutely my favorite performance of the night. Other good stuff that I dug was the Dolly Parton tribute was cool. Um, I enjoyed Alicia Keys doing a tribute medley to Roberta Flack, Kings of Leon, Lauren Hill. That was pretty fun. Um, Travis Scott was a big surprise. I really didn't know what to think from that show, and he was really, really cool. He stage-dived. He was in a cage. It was insane. Um, On to the bad stuff. Post Malone and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were just weak. Like I don't even like Post Malone that much, admittedly but he just kind of strummed a guitar and then rapped a little and then joined the Chili Peppers for a pretty boring show. I mean, at least the Chili Peppers looked cool. You know, the presenters were dumb. There were like NFL players and CBS stars. Who cares? Uh, I also really didn't enjoy Lady Gaga's performance of Shallow because she did it without Bradley Cooper, and that just kind of made the whole thing fall flat. Uh, it was kind of stupid. They cut some of the people off in their speeches, especially when they weren't even going that long. And considering the show was like three and a half hours plus, like why are you eliminating 10 seconds of someone's speech? Who cares? Um, that said, yeah, the entire thing was totally long. Totally could have cut Camila Cabello, Sean Mendez, Dana Jay, Post Malone. 
Uh, Chloe and Hallie uh, was good, but like didn't do that much for me. Lady Gaga could have been cut. And, you know, the pacing was all over the place. The first part of the show was boring. It didn't really get going until the last half. And by then, it was like rapid fire. And it felt like they were trying to push people to wrap it up. And, like, they could do better. They know how long this thing's going to go. Just commit to it being three hours. And it'd be fun. The other thing I want to talk about before we get to Whitey Morgan is Elton John. The man is on, like, a three-year farewell tour. And I actually got to see the show the other night. Uh, it was really cool. He was there, sequin jacket, heart-shaped glasses, exactly what you expect. He played songs, Rocket Man, Benny the Jets, Tiny Dancer, Candle in the Wind, all the stuff you'd expect. And, you know, he also hit some lesser-known but very cool songs. He told stories about meeting Aretha Franken, having songs written by her, writing with Bernie Taupin, and just all the different things from his career. So it was really neat. Um, even the stage was really cool. It was wrapped up in a yellow brick road, which had motifs from, like, The Lion King, uh, His AIDS Foundation, Gucci, which was really random, His Foundation, um, and even Nomeo and Juliet, the gnome comedy kids movie that he wrote songs for. It was all really, really cool. Uh, he was a great performer. He's 71, but he can play piano like crazy. Now, his voice is not at all the same. He cannot hit that high note on Rocket Man. Big surprise. But... He's actually got a lot of depth uh, that kind of adds a heft to his voice and sounded really cool on songs like I'm Still Standing. Like, made that really, like, blues rock kind of vibe um, that he didn't used to have. So, it was really cool and it was really heartwarming at the end of the show. He was talking about how it's been an incredible journey. He had enough applause to last a, life, last a lifetime. And uh, he's just really appreciative of the fans. And so, it was a very, very cool show. A really cool way to say goodbye to an awesome talent. And now we're going to move on to... Talking to Whitey Morgan, really excited to see him back on the road again, and it was really great to talk to such a great country singer. Yeah, thanks for calling. Where are you guys at right now? Uh, I'm actually at home for another week, and then uh, we're back on the road. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys are on a break or, or not. It seems like you are always on the road, so. Yeah, we, uh, we've we had some time off over Christmas, and we're just, uh, yeah, like I said, about another week we'll be getting back at it. Uh-huh. Well, people are happy to have you back in Omaha. It's been not too long since you've been here, but... Yeah, we've been hitting Omaha quite a bit. The crowds keep getting bigger there. and You know, we've been working that town for a while, so it's that's that's always good to see. And, you know, I've I've met uh, quite a few people in that in that area that, you know, just good good Midwestern people, man. That's, that's, that's what yeah. I love about that, that area, you know? Yeah, I mean, you said the crowds keep getting bigger, which I feel like is just kind of... The story of things for you, I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years, been on the road all the time, but things keep getting bigger and bigger to the point where I think it seems like things have been going better than ever right now, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, like I said, I'm, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more happy with the way things are going. It, uh, it's been a grind for us. You know, we started out like shit. I think Whitey Morgan, Self, the band, you know, officially played our first show um, maybe 18 or 19 years ago, and uh, you know it's been a slow grind uphill. I mean, back back in those days, no one gave a shit about the type of stuff we're playing. Uh, we've always yeah. played. Now it's now it's uh, there's a hundred fucking bands out there playing this kind of shit that are <laughs> you know getting getting recognized and uh, which is good. I mean, I don't know if uh, 
if that's helping me or if I help that or which fucking direction that <laughs> that uh, positive shit flows. But uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good stuff, man. I'm 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 happy, and uh, you know, me and my boys are paying our bills for once, and uh, you know, enjoying the life off the road, which is uh, yeah. a new thing for for us. You know, I'm. I basically in the old days didn't want to leave the road because I didn't want to go home, but now I'm I'm happy to do either. Yeah. Well, I know you've got uh, you've got a little one, which I've got a little little guy too, and that that could be really hard to leave. <laughs> He's at an age where me and him are really starting to bond uh, a lot more. You know, when they're young, it's all about their mom. Now. Yeah, you know he's he's going to be three in a couple months here, and it's uh, it's definitely different now. Me and him hang out all day, uh, and you know when they can communicate what they want, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> and trying to figure out what what's wrong with them, you know. But uh, but yeah, it it, it gets harder to leave. Um, but I mean, no matter what, uh, the road is always. Uh, you know, I feel at home out there just as much as I do at home. Sometimes even more so. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love now that I'm happy at home and I can come here and actually, you know, not feel like an alien in my own house or just you know yeah. feel like it's not where I belong. But uh, but even after a month and a half of being at home, which is just the lo- longest time we've had off, and I don't remember when. Uh, I, I need to get on the road. You know. That's one thing I want to ask too: is how important is the live show for you? I mean, considering they're not playing stuff like you or, uh, you know, Ward Davis on the radio, how important is it to get out there, and be in front of people? The live show is 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 it? I mean, to me, that's a hundred percent. I'll say, sorry, that's about ninety five percent of the game. Um, then you have yeah. studio, which, you know, I tend to take more time in between records than everybody else. I just because I. I, I don't know the 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 road pays the bills. The road is where I feel comfortable. Um, the stage is is where I do what I do. The studio is a necessary uh, thing that has to happen for me to keep doing what I love to do, which is play live shows. Um, I think a lot of people have that sh- have that twisted, and they they spend too much time worrying about fucking recording. And and sitting and making an image for themselves, uh, sitting in Nashville or whatever town that they that they're in, trying to get a residency show, instead of fucking putting the work in and getting your ass out on the road, buying a cheap van, finding some guys that want to do it for fucking forty dollars a night, and go and do it. You know, um, these days it's it's just getting to the point where everybody thinks. There's something with this younger generation. They think that somebody owes them something that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get a fucking a record deal or the publishing deal or something, and that's gonna change everything for them. They don't. The easiest way to do it, I guess, the most straightforward way to do it is just to get, like I said, get in a van and get the fuck on the road. That's the world I come from. Yeah. You know, I was growing up um, when I was in my teens. It was like all the punk rock bands I was into, that's what they did. You didn't have to have money. You didn't have to have somebody backing you. You didn't have to have a manager. You just do it yourself. That's how you did it. Yeah. Do it. For, you know, for the most part, I have a good team behind me now, but I'm not relied. I don't rely on anyone to do anything for me. But uh, I just, I'm not bashing this generation. I'm just saying I think they're 
I don't know. I just wish these younger dudes would just realize that, man, if you want to do it, don't don't call me up and try to get a gig or any of that shit. Just go. If you're worth a shit, you know, get on the road and, uh, you know, just start with a three-piece band. Go out there and play play some covers that you know people like and then play, you know, 50% of your songs or 25% of your songs. Yeah. And, uh, you know. You just gotta go for it, you know. If if, if you yeah. don't have enough balls to go out there and 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 lose money and fail for a while, then you know you don't have enough balls to to make it in the first place. Just to pay your bills, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That is making it enough to. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, that's people have so many different descriptions of that. It's like, dude, if you can pay your fucking bills playing music, I mean, that's that in itself is a ridiculous concept to me. Yeah. <laughs> Still to this day, I'm like, <laughs> I bought. I bought a new truck the other day, and I was driving it home, and I'm like, I paid for this truck that I've, like, this is my dream truck since I was, you know, fucking 16 years old. I paid for this truck with singing, drinking and singing songs about the <laughs> shit I sing songs about. And people yeah. pay for that. You know, it's, but, you know, it was a lot of back-breaking blood, sweat, and tears on the road, and and lost friendships and lost marriages and shit like that and you know it it's uh it's not an easy business but you know like I said yeah. the fact that I paid for that truck with the, the with what I do is amazing well, to me and uh I never take yeah. it for granted for one second. Well, that's what I was gonna ask too. Is I mean, what's it feel to be kind of self-made like that? I mean, a lot of artists, especially in country, get plugged into that Nashville thing and then they're just not to say that they're not working hard, but, like, you know, a lot of people doing things for them, whereas you've been, always been outside that, doing your own damn thing, being on the road all the time. Yeah, I mean, the, the main thing to me is, like, I don't have really anyone to blame but myself if shit's not going right because I hired all these people <laughs> yeah. to do it, you know? It's like an employer basically talking shit to his staff. It's like, you hired those people, man. You're you're the you had the shitty judgment to hire those people. Now you're complaining about <laughs> the the hiring job that you did. You know maybe you should have done a little bit better job of picking the people you wanted on your crew. And I went through I went through a considerable amount, and not they didn't all leave on bad terms. And I'd say probably ninety nine percent of them didn't. But you know there was a couple here or there. Right. It just didn't work out. But a lot of them just couldn't do this when we weren't making money. They couldn't do it. Um, they needed to pay their bills and I, I understood that and I was just I was in a position where I didn't have to make a certain amount of money to live back in those days and I could just stay out on the road and, and just barely get by and it worked yeah. out for me not to say it would work out for everybody but uh, you know I don't know I don't even know if I answered the question that kind of I was just kind of like <laughs> no man that's good so I want to ask you a little bit about the record because, especially because I know you always produce the record, but this time you actually co-wrote a few songs with other people. What was that like, and how did that kind of come about? Um, the co-write thing, um, I had always kind of wanted to do that. I just felt like maybe I was limiting myself to my own vocabulary and things like that. Yeah. Um, and just imagination, and you know, I I you tended like start going down the same road with with all your lyrics and melodies and arrangements and things. And I just thought it was time to maybe see what, you know, some other writers could bring to the table. And I, I definitely enjoyed the process. It, it actually alleviated a lot of stress. I mean, I get to a point sometimes where I write 
I'll write a half a song and I will never touch that song again because I can't, I just can't yeah. figure out what is missing or I can't figure out where this song is going or, you know, what the hell it even means. And, uh, so for, for me to send a song like that to somebody else and just say, Hey, read through this and then you, you know, where, where do you see it going or am I fucking crazy or is there a better way to come, you know, <laughs> to come at this story or this, you know, and that it worked. I mean, I, I wrote a couple of things, um, that I really liked and, and I was lucky enough that the guys I sent them to, um, understood, you know, the kind of, the kind of writing that I do. And they sent back, they sent back stuff that I liked. You know, I was, I was a little bit apprehensive, you know, to, to do that because I thought, well, what happens if they send back shit? And then I got to tell this guy, well, thanks, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not using that, you know, and, uh, yeah. but I, I think I picked guys that I knew from their own, from their writing that they weren't going to send me back some cheese ball fucking bullshit. Yeah. Or, you know, try to twist it around and make it something that I wasn't trying to convey in the lyrics, but it was good. I, uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it and I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to go to them saying guys with this next record or at least, you know, yeah, a, a, a song or two, you know, if I get stuck on something, I definitely know who I'm sending it to. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you had, because of that, and then also making a ton of grants, you had a little more of a laid back time making this record because I know that place is very chill and easy. To yeah. Speak. It was, uh, it was a little bit easier than the last record just because I knew what to expect going into Sonic Ranch. Um, yeah. It was, there wasn't that stressful, um, that moment of like, not, you know, not knowing or it being an unfamiliar place, which is for me, the studio is very, it's already stressful in itself. Um, just yeah. being in this foreign environment where you're forced to basically create something that that's good. <laughs> that's worth listening to. Um, like I said, my, my, my comfortable place is on the road and on the stage. Um, and the studio is just, a a means to keep doing that. So I have to go in there and, 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 you know, grind out these albums, but, that, but yeah, hard times was definitely easier than the last one, but, but still it had its moments. I had a you know, I had my usual couple of breakdowns in the studio where I fucking storm out and, <laughs> You know, yeah. usually I'm frustrated with myself because I didn't fucking do my homework. You know, it's that's almost 100% of the time that's what my problem is, is I go in there thinking, oh, I'll just come up with it on the spot, and it doesn't happen, and then I get frustrated, and we keep playing this part over and over again, and I hate it, and I have, I just have to basically have to get, you know, get out of there and clear my head, and and it, ha it works every time. That's the great thing about Sonic Ranch, too, is you walk out of the studio there, you're not walking into a some fucking parking lot in Nashville, you walk out of Sonic Ranch and you're on the middle of a 10,000 acre pecan farm and yeah. you go walk it, you'll walk it off and there's no one around for fucking miles and you can go to your room, you know, you, you've got um, these haciendas, these rooms and stuff that they put you up in that are, you know, quiet and, you know, I just would go, I'd walk to my, my room and I would just sit in there with my, I always have to keep an acoustic guitar in there and I would just sit there and just, you know, work it out and, uh, you know, alone, which, you know, just when there's not prying eyes waiting for you to figure this shit out, it always seems yeah. to, you know, alleviate some stress and that you get a little more productive that way. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know. That's so much better than being like, hey, we rented the studio we have for a week. We better crank all this stuff out now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing, too, is in the earlier days, I mean, every minute we wasted in there, I was just watching, the like, the cash register roll over, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like, fuck, we got to get this done because I don't, you know, I was broke. I didn't. I had just enough. Well, now, you know, I can give or take a few days. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. But at the same time, you don't want to waste money. Right, if right. You can, if you can manage your time a little bit better and be smarter about it, then, and that's what you should be doing. And I think I'm a lot better at that these days than I was, you know, back, you know, eight years ago, nine, ten years ago when we were making the first couple of records. Yeah. But uh, so I wanted to. How many of the how many new songs have you guys worked into the set? Uh, right now, I think we're doing half the record. We're about to add oh, wow. up on this next run. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. it's uh it's good to you know it 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 helps to add as much new shit as you can. People uh, you know in the crowd don't realize. Yeah, you might not know the songs, or you not, might not be that into the new stuff just yet. But for us, we've been playing the old shit for three years, and it's like yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, to, you need to add the new stuff to re-energize yourself and to, you know, to spark that love of music again while you're on stage. Otherwise, you're just on autopilot up there, and you know yeah. that just gets that just gets old. And you're not you're not giving it to the audience like you should be every night. You're not, you know, showing them that you that you know they paid money to see you enjoy playing music and not act like a fucking robot up there playing the same old shit, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's good to add the new stuff, and and uh, it's kind of tough at first because, you know, you, you go and you record these songs, and then you don't play them again for, like, eight months until the record comes out or whatever. You know, you don't even think about these these songs that you just recorded. Yeah. Because we're back out. We're, we're still on the road playing the old stuff. So, you know, to just to get comfortable on stage playing the new stuff takes – it takes a good couple of weeks of gigs of playing that song every night to stop thinking about every little part that you might yeah, fuck yeah. up on that song. You know, it, it and to actually, again, like start enjoying it. There's this perfect moment of when you get to that autopilot um, guitar and vocal part where you remember everything every night, but you're still enjoying it because it's not old yet. You know, yeah. that perfect thing, which is happening right now with about half of the record we've been, that we've been playing with. It's so cool to launch into new stuff and it's like and to see people sing along with with the new songs and yeah, especially when the record's been out for a few months now and people know it. Yeah, this next this next run is really gonna is really gonna up the whole that whole thing, you know, people singing along more. Um, you know, and it's cool too to see which ones they gravitate towards and which ones they're singing yeah. around more yeah. than the one maybe the one you thought. Like I thought for sure the the uh, the first song we released, Honky Tonk Hell, I thought that was going to be, you know, that was the one that everyone was going to be into when we play. And I got to say, that's probably the least stoked that people are. Fucking around here has been really big. Uh, just got paid. It's been really big every night. Um, and then according to the Spotify, um, what am I supposed to do? And Bourbon and the Blues are the biggest songs on the record. Yeah. Which kind of blows me away, you know? But, uh, I love yeah, your vocal. Cool. What am I supposed to do? It sounds that's a sweet song. Oh, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It was really great to talk to you. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, you too. Time for me. All right, Kevin. Awesome. See you out there. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, but we'll see you soon. Bye.